up? We are back for another episode of Unboxing the Hobby brought to you by Loop. And we are here with the doctor, Tyler Tarver. So we wanted to give you that credit. You do have a doctorate, so we have to make sure that's included too. <laughs> I appreciate that, bro. The way I the way I yell at people on camera and say, what's up, gamers? Most would think it's not there. So <laughs> I appreciate it's it. It's official. But yeah. what's up, man? Appreciate you being on here. Well, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Um, you know, long-time listener, first-time caller, and I'm super pumped to be a part of this. So I think we just should go ahead and just have the greatest podcast episode ever created. We'll I'm just excited. set those expectations. That's really yeah. high expectations. Yeah. But so yeah. for anyone uh, who, who doesn't know, Tyler has phenomenal content online. Definitely follow, give him a follow. I think I heard you as I'm thinking back to it. Uh, I think it was introduced to you by, you were on Sports Cards Nonsense, I think like a year ago, as I recall. That's right. That's yeah, yeah. First... Mike and Jesse had me on there. It was great. And then I think after shortly thereafter, I was at the national. I like saw you from across the room. I just like shouted at you, like you would have known who I was at that point. And <laughs> hey, you gave me a T-shirt, and that's how we connected. Hey, we're we're be practically best friends forever. Let's yep. sign each other's trapper keeper. It's official. It's so funny. And we are here today. So Adrian, sorry we uh, got you roped into this. No, no. Listen, I'm happy. I was I, I said it a little before the pod. My whole situation was is like I. Sometimes we each get different guests on here and we're excited and for different reasons. And this time it was like, hey, I have this guy, Tyler. And I was like, all right, cool. It's, I, I love it. I trust you. And then I was like, send me his handle. We'll, we'll take a look at it. And I was like, wait a second. I was like, I know this guy, but I know Tyler from his his teaching Instagram, like his his all this stuff, because I have kids, my wife and everything. Uh, so I was super excited for multiple reasons. I was like, A, this guy's already in my algorithm. B, I was like, I didn't know that he was in the card world as much as I thought he was. And I was like, this is unbelievable. So I'm ready to go, man. I appreciate it. It's always fun to see, you know, whenever you run into people that are like, oh, I go to your Instagram or I follow you on Instagram or whatever. It's like, I always know if it's the education or the sports card based on if it's like a 13 year old dude or a 45 year old woman. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, cool. Then I, I kind of know my demographic. That's convenient. So. That's super convenient. You've got those like very stark different uh, groups. Very yeah. much like on my on my education Instagram, I want to say it's like eighty to eighty five percent of the people that view the content are are women, like millennial age women, and then of my uh, of my sports card stuff, it's like ninety percent dudes. So yeah, we Mac and I talk about that all the time. We each go back and forth probably like every other week. Like, hey, did your did your female demographic tick up at all? And like mine's at like nine, his at like seven, and we're like, it's slow. I'm impressed, so, y'all are as diverse as you are. I'm like ninety six percent guy. 96 yeah. maybe 97 so hey hey narrow your audience you know what i mean yeah but bro. there is an elephant in the room we have to talk about here how did you get into jordan pool we just have to get this out we have to talk about it super polarizing character that's why really the reason you and i bonded was talking about jordan pool over instagram yeah well i'm not gonna lie i do love jordan pool like i think you know his He's had a, several narratives over the past couple of years, ever since he had his breakout time, those first few games of the playoffs where he averaged like, you know, 27 or 30, you know, um, I think he's, I think he's genuinely underrated Tyler's opinion, um, you know, because people just be like, they don't watch him. They watch a couple of clips on TikTok and they're like, oh, there you go. So how did it start? How did my love for Jordan Poole start? Um, so I got into cards and I got in, you know, a few years ago and I, I love the Warriors. So I, I loved basketball and, you know, love the Warriors, mainly Steph Curry. You know, he was, he was, you know, my heart and my passion. And so love the Warriors. They actually got me back into watching basketball. And so then I was like all in. And so I had a place for them. And then I got into it. My buddy Chris had kind of been, he had been like buying boxes at Walmart and flipping them to buy something for his wife. I don't know. He's a good husband or whatever. So he's buying them and flipping them and all that back before it all blew up, you know, in COVID. And then I started getting into it. And I was like asking him and he's just selling me stuff, just overpriced everything. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, Chris, I love you, but I know what you're doing. You're trying to make money on me. Uh, I found that out later, you know, once I got figured out how the hobby works. And I was like, you know what? Steph Curry stuff's pretty expensive. You know, I, like you're, you're, I wasn't at the point where I'm tossing out like a hundred bucks for a card. And so, you know, I like the Warriors. I'll go in on some of the, the cheaper Warriors rookies. So Jordan Poole and Eric Pascal were the two Warriors rookies. And that was the season that like, Clay was still hurt. Draymond, like Steph got hurt. He hurt his wrist, you know, so everybody's out. And so they're tanking, you know, to get Wiseman, which helped everything. And so uh, <laughs> I started collecting and those were like my guys that I could get the rookie cards for like a quarter. You know what I mean? Because they were in like second to last place. 
And Pascal was actually doing better than Jordan Poole early. I don't know if y'all remember that. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, he was, I think, top five for rookie of the year. Eric Pascal, rest in peace. I think he's still alive, but, and you know, he's <laughs> playing overseas somewhere. Yeah, just not in the league, yeah. Yeah, all those cards. So, anyway, so I, I got a pretty hearty stack of Jordan Poole's and Eric Pascal's because at card shows or online, I could spend, you know, a dollar and get, like, a lot of 10 rookie cards. And, you know, I'm like, oh, this is fun. Just buying more cards, you know, build my collection. And then Pascal kind of faded out, went to Utah, and then bounced. So those cards are no longer with us. Uh, but Jordan Poole, I just kind of collect, kept collecting. And clips I'd see of him, he's like, you know, he's kind of soft-spoken, but he's funny. And also, he's honestly, he's good at social media. Like, he's got that buddy, uh, Jay Squared, who does, like, you know, his photography and then video stuff. Like, I just like him, and I, I think he's just a, a cool dude, and he's funny. And I respect people with funny that can make good gifts, and he makes great gifts, you know? And so uh, I started just kept buying his stuff, and then he blew up those first few games of the playoffs two years ago, and I sold, like, I mean, I, I think at the time I had over 330 Jordan Poole rookie cards. Oh, I sold five of them and, like, made all my money back plus more. Yeah. And so, like, I think at this point now I've probably spent some more because he came up in price, and, uh, you know, I kept collecting him, so – probably evened out but still and then i've replaced all the don't worry i've replaced all those cards guys sorry that was way too long of a soliloquy <laughs> about jordan Poole. Well, no, that's it, not what you came into, it went into like your story of getting back in the hobby too so we we yeah. actually kind of two birds one stone kind of situation yeah. it's here. a it's a testament to your love of jordan Poole of what just happened so it's it, it, this way it people is. don't just think like you are picking up jordan Poole to flip them they understand your love for jordan Poole in this situation <laughs> yep yep and actually early on you know, they said at these NBA players, they're looking at every comment that's being made. They look at every tag, you know, and uh, yeah, he liked one of my photos once I posted about some cards. So I don't want to say that we're like best friends forever, but I'm claiming them on my taxes is all I'm saying. Definitely a dependent. <laughs> yep, Wait, definitely. so I also happened to come across the reel recently that so you it sounded like you had a relationship in which you were doing some ripping for an organization you're doing a giveaway and you actually pulled a pool of 10 is that what i saw and then you had to give it away bro it was it's the best card i've ever pulled by far it was a giveaway for a company they were doing a thing it was a couple years ago and i pulled a jordan pool prism true gold out of 10. I think it was number, I want to say it was number six out of 10. It was either six or eight out of 10. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, even like, here's my thing. Even at that point, I, I didn't look at price. I was, I'm not flipping cars. I didn't even know the value of what I had in my hand. I knew it was good. I knew it was a great card, but I didn't know I was sitting there holding what somebody was going to get for free and sell for 13 grand a couple months later. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing. The dude didn't even know, like I had to track him down find his like like i had to go find like it took effort to find him let him know he won it text him was like hey man i, I might be able to buy it if i can afford it would you be willing to he's like oh let me think about it but go ahead and send it to me i was like oh dang i'm never gonna say this again so shipped it <laughs> off and i tracked it down for i don't know if it was the one you saw but i tracked it down but you know it was like, what it's a year and a half ago two years yeah. ago almost i tracked it down and i the last time that exact card that i pulled out of the pack only hobby box the first hobby box i ever opened the that card, it sold for, I think last sale was like fifty five hundred or five thousand five hundred. It was a BGS nine five, and it sold on like an auction house probably like six months ago. And so that was the last time I was seen. I'm I'm gonna get it back. I'm gonna get it back. Granted, it's gonna be harder once Jordan Poole gets his eighth Finals MVP. But <laughs> you know, anything short of that, that card will be in my possession someday. You can probably get it back really at a really good price right now. You might want to start digging for it at this very particular moment you in know, time. You know, know, it's his been... market has come down a bit, but it's still <laughs> higher than it was when I bought in on most of my cards. So I'm still better now. I, I I've got probably at this point it's dropped. I've probably got about ten to twelve thousand dollars worth of Jordan Poole rookie cards. I guess if I just put them all to auction tomorrow, it's always a really good feeling and also very hard. It's a good feeling when you like are collecting someone that ends up by like doing really well and then you can make a little money on it but it's also very hard for me like when i have that situation because especially if you like the player is getting rid of those cards no matter what the money is going to be coming in because you're like i'm never going to see this again or if i do i'm probably gonna have to pay more money for it so it's just that Bro, weird it's that feeling because it's and that's what i did like i sold those what seven cards and made like you know 1400 bucks you know off those I've bought back four of each of those already, like since then, because I felt so bad. I was like, 
Jordan, I'm sorry. Like he didn't hear me. He didn't return my text, but I was like, I'm so sorry. And so that's one of the reasons too, that I love him is because like, he's the first, you know, besides all the other stuff. And I do like his personality. Like he, he was the first player I ever like hit on, you know what I like? Not, not hit on. That's a weird way to say it. I ever <laughs> purchased that, um, that popped off. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that ever was just like, cause you buy lots and all oh, that's a great car, but it's like, First player I went in on, I was like, oh, cool. You know, it's how people felt with Bobo the first month he got yeah. in the league. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I haven't heard that in a, in a while. Yeah. Usually, though, neither is a lot of people in the U.S. He's just overseas again. Um, but most people just don't. You know, you just like they become like the Eric Pascal. They have a couple like maybe good games. And then there's just like, well, I guess I can go sifting through all my old cards and either donate them or just leave them there. And I can just laugh at it in 10 years when I go back through them again. Yeah, I mean, literally think of every other Warriors rookie three years post that, and that's where they ended up. They're in the dollar box at my, you know, my flea market booth. I was just running through some of mine. I have like some 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 autos I was trying to sort through, and it's like that Mannion kid that came through the Warriors for a little no, bit. No, Nico like, Mannion, yeah. Nico Mannion, I was like, where did these come from? And I'm just like, there's just Nico Mannion autos just sitting in like my one of my shoe boxes, and I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> you all will appreciate this. I was just uh, traveling, and I stopped into Lids because I was just curious like what Wizards hats maybe were there. I feel like I just needed to check it out see if I need to upgrade. And I, I promise you I'm not making this up. I was like, oh, where are the Wizards hats? Like, I went through the NBA teams, and I asked the guy up front. I was like, so where, where's the Wizards hat? And they're like, oh, we don't even carry that. <laughs> They just, wow. What city were you in? Uh, I was up in like Michigan, but they had every team wow, other than the Wizards, sense. which I thought was just fantastic to illustrate the state of the Wizards at this point. Well, they've been tanking for right around 23 years now. So um, <laughs> at some point, let's flip those assets and start seeing a scale up. No, I'm just kidding. They made, a, what, two rounds in the playoffs a couple years ago with Wall and uh, and Beal. Did they make it two yeah. rounds? You may be yeah. right. It feels like a picture Wall ago. standing on the table, and yeah, I was yeah. like, I feel like, yeah. I mean, it's listen, it, let's, right. let's be honest. If this was soccer, they would have been relegated and they wouldn't be in the NBA. They'd be in a, they'd be the G League team right now and then they could work their way up. But you know, we'll, well, the big news is they've now, I think they're moving to Virginia now. I think they're moving out of yeah, DC. Yeah, I saw that. So closer to me, just like they're building like a That's brand. New is that state. true? That's happening? Yeah. They're, build, yeah. they're building a brand new, like huge thing out in Virginia $400 million or $500 million or some crazy number. Yeah, we said I'm we wouldn't talk about news and look what we did. I know. See? I well, well, you but you touched on it. So, so Tyler, we touched on it a little bit, uh, and you have like I'll I'll negate the beginning part of the story, which you said you got back into it during the COVID time, which a lot of us tend to do. Um, but where did that come from? Like, so you got back, you went started opening cards for a reason. But what was that reason? Were you a card collector previously? Just a sports fan? Like, how did that all come into play during the COVID time? Yeah. Okay. Great question. Thank you for asking. Um, I didn't get you anything. So whenever, uh, I, I mean, I do like sports and I never even watched basketball that much. You know, I just, you know, watch Michael Jordan, like VHSs, you know, to the max with three X's and, you know, five X's or whatever. And so, um, I'd watch those MJ VHSs when I was a kid and all this documentary stuff and space jam. And I collected when I was younger and I got really into it. And then like, Right there at the tail, I always joke around and say, you know, about junior high, you know, when I started trying to play sports and date girls and didn't do very well at either of it, um, <laughs> I kind of got out of the cards. But, like, it's funny because, like, as I got out, my dad, like, still thought I was, like, collecting avidly. And he had some really shady friends that would, like, pay him back in cards. And so, like, I ended up with, like, I was, like, nine or ten, like, full boxes that my dad moved from, like, five different houses they lived in and so um anyways I, i'm sitting there and and my son had gotten into like comic strips um so like foxtrot calvin and Hobbes, and i was like yeah I'll, I'll go buy you some i went to amazon they were like 15 20 bucks a pop i was like i have all these books i read these when i was in sixth grade like i i have them all and so i go through my parents mini storage and I, i'm searching through boxes find those comic strip books and right next to it is a michael jordan binder of cards, just Michael Jordan cards. And I pick it out and you guys know that feeling. It's that, we still feel it. It's that nostalgia of just like, ah. Oh. And I see a card, it was like the best card I ever pulled as a kid. It's actually this card right here. Um, this isn't the exact card, but- it's, Oh, I love that card. You know, the one of 15,000, I pulled it in a pack. It's worth like 80 bucks at the time, worth like 12 now. But I was just, you know, that feeling all came back. So I hit up my buddy, Chris, who had been collecting and buying the cars and get him to kind of tell me some stuff, bought some cars from him, got some players I liked and just kind of attached to that basketball fandom. And yeah, just kind of kept going from there. And 
you know, what I always joke around and say is like all of my hobbies become jobs. And so I just started making social media content about it and trying to see if I could document this journey and, you know, maybe get some companies to give me some money so I could buy more cards with it along the way. That's the name yeah. of the game. And so just to get dates right. So it looks like you started that Instagram account, your card one about three years ago. So how much earlier was it that you rediscovered cards than before you started creating content? Oh, around it? probably just like a couple months. Like I didn't take long. Like you yeah. get on there like, and I, I don't, I don't ever claim to be like an expert in it. Like people are like, Oh, he doesn't know about, cause I pulled a T law downtown one time and I was like, this is a big card. And people are like, act like he doesn't know it's a big card. His name's Tarver sports cards. Like, I do this for fun. Like, for a couple hours a week, like I just record in bulk and then post throughout the week, you know, and I just have fun with it and I don't ever post being expert. Um, so it's like, I would have just started that journey and just like, you can even look back and I, I know there's times now, like I accidentally called Tim Tebow to on a video and I tried to correct it with an asterisk afterwards, but people don't. Damage attention. was done. They're Damage still roasting done. me in the comments, but it's like, you know, I, I, I never posed to be an expert. I always posed to be like, Hey, I'm your sports card collecting BFF who is going to talk with you in the comments when your wife is sick of hearing about it. You know what I mean? So it's like, I want to hear about what you just picked up, even if nobody around you cares. Yeah, it's great. You know, like I said, the, that's the hard part, I think, when it comes to content creating is all of a sudden people believe that you might think that you're some sort of expert in some way, shape or form just because you're creating this content, which is always a, a funny, weird thing. You know? Yeah, and they react different because, you know, my other audience that I, you know, my main social media, like, presence is with educators and yeah. you know educators is it's a different vibe you know what i mean than than the sports cards dudes we're kind of crusty like we're <laughs> a little bit like you know you guys like there's some negative stuff and this and that and i'm just like yo i'm just used to teachers being like i'm dedicating my life to helping young people and we're well, like kenny pickett sucks you know what i mean like it's how do you rude. switch like, gears as you alternate between your instagram accounts i feel like my brain would explode or like i'd say the wrong thing to the wrong group of people I've made a, I've accidentally posted a few times where I'll post like a card video on my education account and I'll like, you know, I'll be bouncing back on to post another video that day. And I'm like, dang, it's got three views or three likes. And I'm like, oh, it's because teachers don't care about you know, <laughs> my Ron Gant collection. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> well, so <laughs> that's really funny because there is such a huge difference between that. So it's like, you know, you have people like my wife that she's a therapist and she will show me like videos and there's no she just always finds the good out of every video. And it's like, it doesn't matter. It's like she, people just know in the education world, they just, they'll pick pieces out of it they like and they'll just move on and they, or they, you know, comment because they like it. But yeah, in the sports car world, if they, if they find one little thing that you said in your video, it is, you're toast. Teachers <laughs> have graded enough papers to know that nobody makes 100% every time. And it's like, we're willing to be like 93% good enough. But if you get enough Ds, they're going to be like, okay, I'm probably not going to listen to you. You know what I mean? But, it's like they're they're willing to kind of work through it. And, you know, that always shows, too, with the education account. Like if a video pops out of the educator algorithm and gets into, like, the regular culture algorithm, people are just nuts. And I'm just like, y'all crazy. Y'all them yeah. crazy parents that I would avoid calling at all costs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, so the, the passion is there in both, you know, which I love. Like, I just I knew you from the, the education stuff and then started looking at, through your reels. And I was like, oh, it's the passion is there for both of these things. But so what started the passion for teaching then? Because it, it is a very hard, hard profession. The, yes. the money is not always there. The time and effort you guys got to put in during time you're not getting paid is there. So what got you into into the love of teaching? Man, you know, that's a great question. So I I was young and dumb. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I was young. You know, I was got out of school as a history and poli sci major. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was joking around, said I want to be Indiana Jones, but Shia LaBeouf got the job. I didn't. Um, <laughs> by the way, he got fired. And so I'm sitting there, like literally killed him off in the last movie. Uh, so I'm sitting there and I was like, I don't know what I want to do. You know, maybe I'll go into like sales or I don't know. I was just going to figure something out. You know, I was getting married that summer. So I had to, I had to do something to make money because she wasn't making no money. And so I'm like going in and my mom's like, they got a master's program. You can teach while you're in it. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever. And so I go into it and I, you know, I did, I, I love school, you know, school came easy. Um, I like the structure of it. I like, you know, helping people. And so I ended up getting a job teaching math and did that for a while. Started making YouTube videos early, talking like 2007, eight early education videos. And from there, just kind of went in, kept going up in administration, was a principal, worked at central office. Um, then I worked, I was the dean of a college. So like, I just kind of rolled in with that. And like all along the way, I kept making like YouTube videos and then, you know, vines, rest in peace. And then, you know, um, TikToks, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff, just kind of leaning into it. And 
you know, now I've kind of carved out my niche for like helping teachers and trying to encourage them. And, you know, so that's what I do. A lot of my main, a lot of my, my time is spent, you know, speaking at schools and helping, you know, organizations with learning and development, things like that. So just trying to help. My goal is always to help those around me get better. That's what I'm always trying to do, whether it's students, teachers, administrators, you know, people feel encouraged with sports cards. I don't know, whatever it is, that's my goal. And so I just love helping people. Thanks for asking, man. Nobody ever asks that on this side of the fence. <laughs> right. So speaking of niche, like I think it's it's something that a lot of people who are getting into content creating really struggle with, like finding their niche. How would you define that from the on the card side of things? Like your card account, the type of content you're creating. Like if someone's going to start checking you out, how would you, I guess, um, describe the type of content you're putting out? Um, I, I hope, and I, don't, I know it doesn't always come off that way. People have different personalities, different perceptions. And depending on video, I'll watch my own videos and be like, oh, dude, you're dumb. I'll say that to myself all the time. Um, I barely rewatch <laughs> it to edit. And so um, I, I would like to think that I, I joke around and say, I want to be your sports cards BFF. You know what I mean? Like I want to be an approachable friend who's, you know, having fun with this along with you. You know, if we learn something together, cool. If not, let's just kick it, joke around. You know, usually like if I'm recording and I like stumble over my words, I usually don't even like delete that. I just roll with it and be like, oh, I'm sorry about that. My my face doesn't work sometimes. You know what I mean? And just keep talking because I want it to feel real and authentic. And that's one thing, even when I was, you know, an administrator, like when I brought, you know, bring teachers in my office and they get in trouble for something or whatever, I wanted teachers to feel like they could come to me. And so I try to do that with everybody. I want everybody to feel like I'm just their friend who can, they can chat with about whatever. And so that's kind of what I go for. If you want to make millions, follow me. Flippers. <laughs> More flippers well, than, you know, what, Free Willy. There you go. I'm just curious, what does your algorithm look like? Like when you're scrolling through your own Instagram feed, like what, what does that even look like on your reels? Like, is it just, just this weird... <laughs> bro it's okay so it used to be more defined like education on the teacher one and then if i'm on the other account on the cards when it's cards but now like because there's like several accounts that i like really like so i'll be like oh i don't I'm, i see them and they pop up randomly on like my teacher one so i was like but i like it so I'll, like i follow them on both accounts so yeah. they both kind of like it's it's you know a mixture of like education stuff you know some me a lot of memes um, and then you've got the sports cards like littered in there, yard sale stuff. And then just mostly it's just like completely weird, obscure humor that no one would find as funny that you just text to your buddies. And there's one group that gets you and they've got the group name in your group text that is embarrassing and you can't say out loud. But it's just like, that's me. I got like the weird, obscure humor, just <laughs> weirdo stuff, you know? With your education, Mac and I talk about this all the time. We've talked about whether the people in the hobby that have been in it for decades and whatnot. There's always a new crop of people coming into the hobby. There's new kids. There's new things like that. Do you feel that there is enough education in the hobby currently for like people like that, whether it's young kids or even like people like us that showed back up three years ago that were like, oh, I want to buy some boxes and start overpaying for things because we were just weren't smart enough to figure yeah. it out right away? Which I did my fair I mean, right here too. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I joke around. I made a lot of mistakes. I still make mistakes on stuff. You know, it happens. Um, but no, there's not enough. As an educator, like there are not enough people that are breaking this down. And the ones that are like, hey, watch, this is how we do this, this, and this. A lot of times they're not being legit because they're not being real about like, hey, man, I lost out of nine out of 10 cards. I'm just showing you the one that worked. Or, hey, I'm acting like I made this deal and then I'm handing their money back and switching it at the table, you know, just to make content. Like, I feel like there, you know, there's a fair amount of nets and everything. There's some posing in it, you know, but like there's not enough people that are breaking it down for people. And even when they do make educational videos, it's like they're not, it's hard to find those. You know what I mean? Like there's no like, like if you want to be an educator, like if somebody wants to be learn how to do something with education, they go to my website, tarvacademy.com. I'm not, this is not a pitch for education, by the way. I'm just telling them like, they go to my website and there's classes and tutorials and trainings. And I do, you know, big part of my my stuff is in the summer, I do trainings for teachers. Like there's nobody doing like at a hobby conference. I thought of this at the national. I was like, you've got all these vendors down here and yes, they, you know, they could organize and you could have a map and all that stuff. But, you know, they had a ton of rooms upstairs. They were just empty. Yeah. Like, why are you not doing panels and like hangouts with influencers or like you know you have some youtuber that like these they would love to go in there and hang out with them and like mini trades based on the kind of cards you like you know what i mean like or like i think what's there's some people that do like a kids trade area and they like i think that's a fantastic idea like why do we not try to get a little organized you know to educate 
or just have a places for people that are interested in different things in the hobby to go and uh, and talk and discuss and like there's no there's no that I've seen. I think what was Mint does some conference stuff, right? Don't they do panels at Mint? And that's kind of their jam. That's like Mint's okay. whole thing. Their whole thing is like we we're here to do panels. This is a breakout. Like they have their yeah, but it's mostly and- business, right? Like businesses yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's like but business I still business think yeah, and th- and that's what I found is like my content where I like walk people through stuff and like try to show them like, Hey, here's a tool or here's this, or here's how I check this. I think it does go pretty, honestly, those do better than a lot. Like my last one that hit half a mil was one where I should just showed Ludix. Like here's Ludix. Like this is what I do to check. And here's a stack of, you know, what 81 Donner's baseball. And, you know, and it did really well because people want to know that even people that aren't in the hobby that got that box sitting in their attic that they will well looked on ebay and it's worth one car is worth 10 grand it's an error card and i'm like okay it's 30 (laughs) cents and nobody wants it for 30 like and you don't want to say that but you're like you know i don't know i i think there needs to be more education for people in the hobby and people that just want to know i don't want to get ripped off with the cards i do have and so i think it's really important I, i try to but you know, that content usually takes a little longer than me just being like, here's a card I got, blah, blah, blah. And so if I can ever carve <laughs> out the time, I'll do it. But I think when even things like best practices on eBay, on streaming, on yes. it seems like everyone's kind of had to figure it out themselves. And it, it is crazy to me that there aren't more resources for people to turn to, just specific lessons of like, hey, your best practices to get into yep. streaming if you're trying to do that, unless you actually start working with one of those companies and they give you a crash course. But yeah. And that's the thing. There's a lot of opinions about all that stuff too. So like, even yeah. with like, with you guys know comps, like just something as basic as what is this card worth? Yeah. And there's a thousand different opinions. People sign say, you know, comps don't matter. I was, I was at a trade day the other day and this guy, I heard him say it, you know, cause people have their things they say to new people at their table. And they're just like, if you see any price you don't like, just let me know, you know, whatever. They're yeah. a little phrase. And if you're near them, you hear it 400 times. There was a guy across the way and he kept saying, if you, if you see any comps online, that's between them, these numbers between you and me, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, and I don't know if he was saying he would cut him a deal or he's going to charge what he wants. Um, but it's just, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like there's not a lot of uniformity in the hobby and you know obviously we don't want a monopoly with all the fanatic stuff but it would be nice to be like a beckett like we talk about beckett's are great because back in the day you knew what your card was worth because yeah, this dude 100%. told you you know so yeah. i don't know i, I figured like it's going to get better just because there's been no regulation and no big money being poured into it but now we got fanatic we got that fanatics money we, we got that tom adult brady money. commercials tom brady yeah, commercials. We got tom brady, commercials, got tom brady on our side guys yeah over guys i mean I, you know what? there's a good and a bad thing i know we we laugh about i laugh about this because we said we don't really talk about panini versus fanatics and this isn't that it's more of every there is a downside to a large company coming in and buying up a lot of stuff there's monopoly yeah. issues but i think in the end this is going to shake out at least in my eyes as a positive because i think when these large companies come in there tends to be more regulation involved and there's going to be less of a wild wild west aspect to this maybe at card shows that will still exist because just like any show you go to for other places there's always like this weird you know conversations and sales going on but i think there'll be some sort of reeling in of like no 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 this is the way things should sell as this is how you can price it out and this is the world what do you think do you think is that similar oh yes i and here's the thing too like who has the from what i can tell and and here i'm sorry what i've noticed especially with education one of the things with teachers is like programs come and go you know what i mean like they can't keep the same, even standardized test company for five years. It rotates all the time. And it's kind of like teachers roll their eyes. We're like, hey, there's this new program. We're like, all right, we're going to have it for three years. And we're going to switch to something else. Here's the thing. What I've noticed, you look at the past 30 years of sports cards. Like if you look 30 years ago, oh, Fleer, that was the company. And then it was Upper Deck. And then it was Panini. And now Fanatics is getting the licenses. If Fanatics can sign a long enough, like the out of all those companies, the one that has the greatest interest in regulating and making this hobby a little more organized, it's going to be the one coming in. I don't care what company. The one coming in wants it to last the longest because they're the ones that are going to be either doing well or bad based on how it rolls. And so I don't know. And I I think the fact that this is not all of Fanatic's business, I think kind of helps us, you know, because they're not relying on like, we got to get every dollar we can from them. It's like, we're like their, we're like their pet project right now, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, they're not going to be like relying on us to get every dollar they can. I'm not saying they won't make money. They're a company. They will, but I don't know. I, again, you said it. There's pros and cons to all of it. 
I think I think it's I think all these companies, the ones that care the most are the ones that are gonna, you know, live or die by us five, 10 years from now. Yeah. You know, so I have a question for you. And this is I thought about this prior to the thing and I want to get it in is so obviously you have your 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 teaching and you have to stay, you you probably still or interacting with a lot of children or, or teachers that interact with children and whatnot. Then you also have this sports card, social media world that you're always in. Do you feel like the children will help you drive and keep you up to date on the social media? And then on the flip side, do you feel like the social media helps you keep you in tune with what these, the younger kids are wanting to create a better, you know, you, you see, you're a good, you're a great teacher. You've, you said it, what makes you a good teacher. So do you feel like those things help work together to make you, you know, better going forward with both or? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. And honestly, like my whole experience with social media is like, I had nobody that cared about anything I made for 10 years. You know what I mean? Like yeah. nobody, like I did stuff that literally we get three views, you know, and I just didn't get a lot of attention. And so it's like a lot of the stuff and in interacting with young people and parents and all the stuff that essentially I built in my day job for years it does carry over. So when a parent and a kid comes up to my table, I know how to interact with a kid and not be a creepo or act like they don't exist. You know what I mean? And so, and it's like, and you look at tables. They're not like I have kids and my kids will walk around and it's like, I'm sitting here looking and I, my kid was doing a trade up challenge. And this dude was like, it's like a $300 card. It was a $15 card. And my kid <laughs> gave him a $120 card for it. And I go, I said, you fun fact is never mind. I'm not gonna say it. Um, so I just said, you can go to, I said, you can go ask him to get it back. If he doesn't, I'll go have a conversation with him because it's just like, like, I don't know. I, I getting to work with kids for so long, you do understand like how to talk to them. Like they're mm -hmm. many humans. They're not aliens. Like you can talk to them and be kind and be encouraging and, and, you know, leave it with a good experience. And that's what I try to do. You know, I try to be kind to everybody, but also like they're the future of this thing that we like, you know? And yeah, so if we're I fleecing think, all the kids, I, I don't think that's a good strategy to get more kids in the in the game. Yeah. But again, that's the thing. A lot of people aren't, they're not even thinking that. They're just thinking, how can I walk away with this place and pay for my hotel room? You know? Yeah. And so I don't know. I think I think it's played over in how I talk. And like I'm clean on my content. So that helps. Um, because like I even had it, I went on a cruise um last fall and I was on the elevator and his kids like looking at me and his mom goes, Hey, I'm sorry. My, my son, he, he thinks you're like a YouTuber or something. Are you on YouTube? I go, I am actually. And she's like, Oh really? And then we talked for a second. The kid was like, Hey, you know, he watches the sports card stuff. He not, not the teacher stuff. And so uh, I saw later on the cruise, like a few days later, I see him and his dad and he starts chatting with me. They're like, Hey, you know, thanks for making what you make. He's like, actually, you know, we try to monitor what our kids watch on YouTube. And they're into sports car stuff. And a lot of it, we can't let them watch because, you know, the language and the way they talk yeah. and all this stuff. And I was like, and he said, but I heard one time you were doing a video and there was music in the background and you said, oh, don't, don't worry. There's no cuss words on there. Like I, I just said it, you know, partially as a joke, but also to let people know. And he was like, so I really appreciate it. So you're one of the people we let them watch on there. And so like just something as simple as not dropping like level five cuss words in my videos uh, that's something I got from education because believe it or not, they frown on that as well there in the classroom. It's so weird. it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Avoid F bombs cuss on kids. both channels is probably yeah. good good move. What'd you say? I said avoiding F bombs on both channels is probably a good move. Always. It's it's uh it's interesting it's now that I, I have I have two children now. One's there's young two and 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 one. But uh it's funny when you say like that. I, I've always found that really odd that these adults that will try and like sell a card to a child or, you know, fleece a child, you know, they don't have to understand this, like this, this small interaction that you think is so tiny will have such a lasting effect if they come to a realization of they were just taken advantage of, you Bro. know? And it's like, it's so, it's so crazy to me. Dude, it's the only, I, I never traded anything cause I never got rid of anything. I was a hoarder from a young age. Um, granted all these cards, I don't know if you see them, I've got like a 300 sets back here i'm trying to get rid of finally but it's like i remember the one trade i made i went into a card shop and i traded like 40 dollars worth of cards to a guy that owned the shop for a shack shaquille o'neal plaque it wasn't a card it was a <laughs> plaque with a photo not signed of shaquille o'neal and i traded like five four of my top five cards for it and I walked out just shaking, thinking I just that was my first trade ever. And I walk out and like a couple years later, I saw it in a box or something. I was like, I'm so dumb. Like, what was I doing? Like, 
oh, cool, Tyler. Guess what? You can buy plaques. They're like five bucks at a store. Like, what am I doing? So, whatever. Hey, I don't. I don't know if there's really a good path into the hobby at this point without encountering some of those moments though. And so yeah. one question about education I do want to ask you is, I mean, can you think of an obvious place a person should go to if they are just getting in the hobby? Cause I, yeah. I really struggle with that. I've, I have friends who are curious about it, maybe not ready to start really doing too much buying and selling, but it, it is difficult to kind of take that first step in without setting yourself up to get kind of worked a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. The way I've not seen, anything where I'm like, oh, this is a really good like course or whatever, you know, for somebody to go through that just takes them through it. Honestly, what I recommend to people is uh, I call it, I call it the, the two, the two tools, you know, and this is great for literally any job. Number one, you do go to YouTube, social media to learn how to do stuff. So like when I title a video, I'll say how I look up my card value or how to sell bulk cars. Like I try to title my stuff to where it's what the question I've been doing that for 10 plus years. What's the question somebody's going to type into TikTok or YouTube? And statistically, over 51% of kids have searched TikTok for math help. So, you know, they're obviously going to go there for cards as well. And so whenever I put it in, I try to title it that. I always tell people, if you want to know how to see what your cards are worth, Google how well, how to see what your sports cards are worth. And watch, don't just watch one video and be like, oh, that's it. Like, that's one thing in the hobby. Like, it's not all one way to do it. You know, there's multiple well, you can do it this way or this way or this way. Watch a few to get some ideas because even if you don't want to use them all, it's important to see why other people price their stuff a certain way and then being able to tell when somebody's just trying to rip you off, you know? And so it's like, it's important to watch them. And then the second thing I highly recommend is get a group text going with three or four people that also do it and let it know this is a safe place for us to all ask each other. Like, I know not everybody has that, but, you know, finding those communities where you can have a safe place to ask questions I think that's really important. And so, and you, honestly, you can do it on most social media accounts. You know, like I try to reply anytime somebody has a question, unless it's just like blatantly rude or like, why do you do that? And I just know they're being turds. I'll try to ignore it. Cause I try to ignore hate comments, you know? And, but, um, my yeah, messages you to you are mostly, why did Jordan Poole do that? Or most of my questions. <laughs> what happened? Hey, that was just one clip. My man scored 27. <laughs> and then three the next night i just can't handle it i just can't handle it anymore he's he's adapting to this role kuzma had a full year and I, like year year and a half to get used to like oh okay this is how you stay consistent on a team that is supposed to lose you know what i mean yeah. and so it's like pool's trying to get in there and he's used to being like the heat guy coming in for steph and trying to turn it over best you can but make something happen Speaking so, of great yeah, social media accounts, Kuzma's social media account, you you need to follow at some point. I think he's like a male model on the side or something. So he has all these he, crazy yes. fashion pictures. They're kind of hysterical. So oh, I've seen them. They're amazing. They're, amazing. <laughs> They're pretty good. Respect the game. They're pretty good. Um, so, oh, go ahead, Mac. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, as a Are you sick of the hype beast breaker, boys? Would you rather talk about sports cards with trusted, respectful sports card stores and dealers from around the U.S.? Well, Loop is the answer. Loop is an online marketplace where you can buy sports cards no matter how you collect. Personal packs and boxes, dollar auctions, group breaks, singles and slab sales, and much more. All of it on one app called Loop. Go try Loop on iPhone, Android, and the web. And the best part is, is you get 10 bucks if you use the stock and trade link to sign up. Find the link in the description of this episode that'll take you directly to the app. So check out Loop. We guarantee you won't be disappointed. Go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, as a, I, you know, we get, we, I think we all get questions is like, we create content, but you are creating content on multiple levels and different scales and stuff like that. What do you, how do you, what advice do you give someone that's trying to create content, but also juggling maybe two, two or three accounts for whatever reason, you know, I have a day job that I do some stuff for on the cards. Like what advice do you give people how to handle that and still live their lives? That's great because that, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I get that quite a bit actually just because, you know, anybody who's ever tried to create content like two weeks in, you're like, this is a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. it is a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. For me, my big things are recording bulk. So like if I sit down and I'm set up, because like when you think about going to create content, before you even think of like what the content is and recording it, you have to like, think, I got to get my phone out. I got to go over here. I got to set this up. I got to turn on a light. I got to, so whenever I have that set up, I try to record minimum like five to 10 videos while I'm there because I'm there, I'm in it. I'm in the flow. Just And I like set a goal in my head. Like, okay, I'm trying to get seven. I'm trying to get nine. I'm going to try to get whatever and stock them up. Like I've got like 140 card videos in my drafts so I can use them. Like if I don't, cause I didn't recorded one in probably like a week and a half, but it's because I've got them all there. Um, and so record in bulk that helps. And then honestly, talk about what you like talking about. 
And that's what I tell anybody that is I've ever talked to, any conference I've ever talked to about like YouTube or marketing or anything. Number one is if you're looking at creating content, think of something you would love to talk about if no one paid you for 10 years. That's what you should talk about. Because if it feels like a job talking about the stuff you're talking about or you don't like it or you're having to put on this face or whatever, you're going to burn out. I don't care if you're successful, you're going to burn out. How many of us have seen over the past six years some YouTuber who has a million subscribers and makes, you know, 300 grand a year on YouTube making their thing says, why I quit vlogging? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it happens because they burn out because they're 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 not doing it because they're passionate about it. They're doing it because they can say they can make money out of it. Yeah. So it, it's interesting you say that. So I, my day job is uh, I'm an actor. But one, one, the funny thing was, it was taught to me a long, long time ago was in this, in the audition world, sometimes we get, you get asked a question. They just, all they do is ask you a question. And most people either make up, a, make up uh, an answer or, you know, some, and usually the question is like, what do you like to do? What's your favorite thing to do? So people usually make up an answer, make up something they think they want to hear. But someone told me years ago, they're like, just talk about what you really like to do and are passionate about. And it changed a lot of stuff for me. Like it just comes through and it comes through for everybody. It just, it, we realize like it's more engaging. People are like, oh, he really does like this. This is great. So it, it's really interesting to see that that's like one of the pieces of advice that you give because it's very true. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like you can tell when people care about what you're talking about, you know? Yeah. I'm actually still really trying to push the rumor that stock is Matt Damon. So I'm going to keep, <laughs> keep bearded up, Be bearded up, looks nothing yep. like him and doesn't yep. sound it's like Matt him either. Damon. Yep. Yeah, Co-host is Matt. The, the other funny thing, Tyler, I don't know if you know this, uh, stock and I've actually never met each other in person. Funny enough. Yeah. What? <laughs> yep. We talk almost so, every oh, day we have for a year, but we've actually never met in person. <laughs> you know what? I, I have internet friends too. I'm not, and it was a lot weirder to say 10 years ago, but yeah. like, it's true. Like you have people that used to, because they didn't have group texts. It was like an email group. So that's even weirder. Like, Hey, I've got some, I've got a group of friends. I talk to multiple times a day. Where do y'all talk? Well, we all live in different States. But we communicate through an email thread. Like it's the dorkiest way to have friends. Yeah. And so no shame in the game for me. Well, that's okay? why we're at card shows. We're all like, oh, Hey, like, how do I, how do we talk to each other in person? Like, how does that work again? Yeah. Yeah. It's just awkward. So sure. I, I I know you got your wall in front of you of your cards. Now, are does that the, the the there was on your videos? There's always a wall in front of you of like eight or nine cards that are yep. like your Hall of Fame. Like, is actually your top card in your collection in front of you, or is that somewhere like, else in a price safe wise, place? like value wise? No, just like your favorite. Like, I don't care oh, about price. That doesn't mean anything to me. I, for me, it's tough. more about like the card you won't let go of, even if someone came up and offered you a good amount of money for it. Well, I mean. I love all my cards, but you know, your boy always needs money. I'm just kidding. Um, there's, <laughs> you know, yes, there's most of them are near me right now. And I try to rotate those cards. Um, but I really like my, my Michael Jordan slash Ron Gantt collection. I got, so it stayed a couple weeks, I try to rotate every week, but, uh, but yeah, most of my cards are near me. So like some of my favorites that stay here all the time, I've got the MJ rookie, that one, obviously, you know, that was a card I never thought I'd have and ended up buying it. Don't worry. I'm breaking even barely i got the hot numbers i just think that's a dope looking card love that one it's not the most valuable but i like it um this was on my grail list for a long time and i took Ooh. a big risk on the jackie i bought it raw on ebay and yeah i did next day and, and it was supposed to be ebay authentication did not come in the ebay authentication so Ooh. i get it and it was just no penny sleeve it was just sitting in a top loader uh. and i was like i just paid three grand for this card you know and so I don't know exactly why, but somebody in the comments said, if you ship from a P.O. box to a P.O. box, they will not do eBay authentication. I don't know if it's true or not. That's what somebody in the comments never said. They that. were never a lot of me. Yeah. I know the, I know going to a P.O. box, they, that's how it slips through. Like I've had some some large cards sell on eBay and all of a sudden I'm like, why didn't that go through authentication? And I called and they're like, you sent it to a P.O. box. We can't, once it, it gets here, we have to send Pro it somewhere. Tip. Yeah. Is that education like, we were talking about? Yeah, it's also it very scary though when you're, you know, <laughs> purchasing a card or selling a card. Sometimes biggest card I've ever bought on the internet, and it didn't come that. And that's one of the things I was like, okay. But then I was like, you know what? So I literally I went into the parking lot and like got it, went in the parking lot, filmed a video of me opening it, and then I sat there, went in SGC's app, filled it out, walked in and shipped it. Like I didn't even leave the parking lot before I shipped that thing to SGC. I did one day turnaround. They got it back to me in like four days, like from shipping to receiving, like. It was awesome. And 
Yeah, I'm so glad it was real because that would have been a hassle trying to get my money. Um, and then I'll, I'll show you. This is probably the one that I I don't see myself letting go of. I'll grab it. Okay. Right here. Yeah, let's see it. So, this is the one. It's it's a Steph Curry night night autograph. Oh, I, love I love those. So it's Tyson Beck. You know who Tyson Beck is? Yeah. Love Tyson Beck. And so um, I got this. It's out of ten, and it's number ten out of ten, and it's got his on card autograph doing the night night. I just I love this card and uh yeah I don't think I, I don't think I could let that one go. That's I don't a, think it's I could a, let that one go. Yeah, Curry stuff is great. There's actually uh I don't know if you've you've uh in being there have you heard the the piggy banks guys? They they make the art cards. So they're based out of Southern California. They make some really awesome art cards, but they have one coming out that I'm just just sitting like a hawk on Instagram. Curry signed them and they make beautiful. There's only going to be 10 of them. Oh and I think gosh. they're not even really, they only sell the art cards. There's a standard fee of like 250 bucks with, they seem like they should be way more. And his is coming out and he said, it's only going to be a little bit more for the auto, but they come with like in a box with like white gloves and it's like in a acrylic case. And I was like, I need this card. I started seeing them more and more the piggy bank stuff. They're really I great. I mean, out. piggy bank. It, I'm gonna look it, them it's up. It's like B, was it yeah. B A N X? It's it uh, yeah, B A N X is the only difference. Everything else is spelled the same. But it's they're amazing, very addicting. If you're into great looking cards of like of people that are just prominent in the hobby and sports, are you so, into good yeah. looking cards? Yes. Yeah. Do you yeah. like things that look good? Have you ever wanted to be your own boss, Mac? Let's <laughs> <That was laughs> get you into this Buick. No, I seriously <laughs> like that's that's one thing I that frustrates me, like. You know, the, the prices are dictated based on if two people are going to try to outbid each other for it. You know what I mean? But it's like Tyson Beck, like a lot of people, like he makes, in my opinion, some of the dopest looking cards. Yeah. By far in the hobby. He's getting like their actual signatures on it, on card, like doing great. He's worked with top, like he's, but then you still every now and then people are like, oh, it's unlicensed. I'm like, I don't care that I don't get the like, the go it doesn't say warriors on here. Like how many licensed stuff are they turned to the side? And you don't see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, I like the fact that it looks amazing. Like we need to, we need to value cards that just have it's art. Like why do yeah. we not value the art side of it as much as like, Oh, it's got blah, 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 you know, whatever. I don't want to say it. I don't want to make fun of somebody, but no, I mean, listen, I'm a, I'm a big art card guy. I love it. I, I collect art cards just because of the way they look. And I'm the same way. If, if the card looks cool, I'll buy a leaf card. I'll buy a. I'll buy a whatever card. Like, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there's your guy. Anthony. Why like, isn't this an awesome card? This card should be worth so much more than it is. Like, I don't understand. He's turned. To your point, his arm is over the logo anyway. It's like he doesn't make sense to me. We've I we've agree. been to, yeah we've been told by the higher ups that it is not worth anything. So <laughs> I don't know, well, I don't which know who they are by the trolls in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, had you? Do you ever feel like uh, Tyler that at, during like the height of what's been happening with you and your growth in the hobby that that has kind of like pulled you away from your your teaching uh, daily life? Do you ever feel like if you so if someone came to you and said you will have the success in one or the other, but you have to choose one, do you feel like there's ever a point in time where you would you would choose the hobby over what you've done in education? You know that's tough. See, and that's the thing, like. I get that like I can make money from, you know, obviously I make more money from education stuff than the hobby stuff, but I don't know. I, I like the fact that I have different interests because I've done stuff where I've only had one thing and I've been all in on and I get burned out. You know what I mean? No matter what, it, I've gotten burned out on my education channels, like posting on there. I was just like, I'm just tired of this. And I've chilled out a little bit and I leaned into sports cards. And lately over the past, probably like four or five months, ever since the national, really, I've kind of been like, you know what? Like, I, I kind of started pushing the hobby with the same mentality as education, you know, with education, like you get paid, like you make the side money, it justifies the time if you like get paid a little bit. So like speaking engagements and all that and, you know, branded deals and things like that. And then I started doing a little bit of that with companies in the hobby. And I was just like, it was not even close to like the, va like I wasn't making near as much with the yeah. other stuff and I'm dedicating time and having to run stuff by other companies and all this. And I was just like, you know, I'm not getting the return on my investment with regards to that. I was like, I'm still collecting. I'm still buying cars. I'm still doing stuff there. But if I'm going to like focus on making money, I need to go to the one that's actually working really well. Sure, yeah. And so I pretty much trimmed down to like, I only work with like one or two companies now. Um, and it's just like, and it's not even for, it's not really because of the money there. Cause I, one of them doesn't even pay me. They just like every now and then we'll collab on stuff. And so I just honestly, 
I like using their stuff. I like the the way they talk to me, their vibe, um, all the collaborations. I've had great, great experiences with all of it. And those are the ones I'm like, yeah, I'd like to promote and talk about you and try to push it. Whether, whether they, you know, collab with me or not, I would talk about them. And I did for yeah. years. And so, yeah. And there's other companies, uh, you know, I don't know. It just didn't get did, the vibe wasn't there. And so I just kind of was like, Hey, I think we're good. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Cause Mac and I talk about that all the time is like, we're trying to grow what we're doing as like a team. We each have our own separate things, but we know as a team, we tend to work a little bit better sometimes. And the hard part is, is like you said, when you start working with some companies and you realize like, I'm doing all this work and it's not really giving me any sort of return on investment. And for me out of anything else, I don't know about your guys's, but my time is worth more to me than anything else in life. I have my children, I have my wife, I have my job, and my you cannot get my time back. I can go, I can figure out ways to make money. That's always going to be there for me, but if I can't get my if I am losing time, I better be getting something incredibly incredibly worth it for me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. I give that speech to my wife once a week. Like I'm like in time, I don't care who you are in this world, time is the number one most valuable asset any of us have above money, above collectibles, above jobs. Time is the number one. It's literally a job. Most jobs, they're paying you for time you're putting in for them. You're paying for chunks of your life to be dedicated to building their company. And so I'm like, if I'm going to use my time and it, the purpose of this partnership isn't because I enjoy working with them and all this, it's to make this little bit of money here or this here, I'm not, I'm done. And I started cutting those out. And it's so I've, I've literally gone by, and there's books about it, but it's like, you guys know, like if someone pitches you an idea or throws something at you, and if your answer is just like, yeah, I'll do that, don't do it. Yeah. But if your answer is heck yes, then do it. So pretty much I just say no to all the yes, and I only say yes to the heck yeses. I agree, man. It's it's great. And Good you, life you have, lesson right there. You have the children, what? right, Tyler? Oh, yeah, I got three kids. How, how old are the ages? I got a 13, 11, and 7. Okay. So yeah, you got they're 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 up there. Have they have, are any of them engaged in this card world with you at this so point in time? They they'll be in videos. Like uh they yeah. they like being on videos more than they like collecting they cards. They crash your that. videos. I feel like usually is how I see them. <laughs> what? They, they, I usually see them like crash your videos. They like come in from the side or something. Yeah. yeah. Cause I'll be filming and they'll just like come in because they're like, what's dad doing? And they'll roll in and start jumping in the video. But and I ask them like any video they're in. Like, I know because like anybody has their kids in their videos. It's like, oh, you're making your kids like I'll tell my yeah. kids. And I don't even tell them every time, but sometimes like, hey, guys, I'm going to go film a video if you want to be in it. Cool. If not, no big deal. And most of the time they're like, nah, we're good. You know, and but if they're bored, they might come hang out. But my youngest, he actually collects some cards. Um, He, he likes me seven. So he's not like super into it. It's just like like he likes Deadpool. He's got like a Deadpool rookie card. He's oh, never seen cool. Deadpool. It's rated R. He's seven. Yeah. But he, say, he, like, he likes it because he knows he's not supposed to watch it. So the closest yeah. he can get to that world is collecting the cards. So he's got a few of those. And, you know, he likes them. And, like, I got him uh, – he likes LeBron James. And uh, last Christmas, I got him uh, – he didn't have a ton of big cards, but I got him, like, a LeBron rookie. It was, like, an $80 to $100 card. It's graded. And he got it. And, you know, you don't ever know if they're, like, they really like stuff. They're just, like, placating you. And so I got him. I was like, I told my wife, I was like, I think I think I really like this. He likes LeBron. It's his first graded rookie, blah, blah, blah. And it was the, the one, I think it's the LeBron MVP one, you know? Oh, yeah. And so he's sitting there and he's opening up his presents. Then he opens up the card and I'm like watching a little more closely, you know, trying to be casual, drinking my little coffee, you know, just watching. And he picks it out and he goes, okay. And I'm like, oh, he doesn't care that much. And he goes, he kisses it and sets it down and goes to a new present. I'm like, okay, my man, kiss the card. Nod, I got yeah. the, the kiss of approval. So he likes it, but, you know, if you quizzed him on it, he'd be like, I like LeBron. I like Deadpool, you know? Yeah. Got a lot of Zion, though, because those cards came down, and I could not sell them. I was like, can you want these? <laughs> here's, here's all your Zion cards. Yeah, <laughs> I gave him 10 of them for his go. birthday because I'd only lost 500 bucks on them. I was like, I just need to just feel like I didn't just give them away to somebody I don't like. I thankfully never got into the Zion world, but I know there's a lot of people that have been hit a lot worse on their Zion collections at this point yeah. in their lives. Mine were all cheap ones, so I, I, was, I wasn't out too bad. Um, I could probably sell and make back a decent amount, but it's fine. Yeah, I thought there were glimpses a month ago. I was like, maybe he's going to turn this around, and then... He is. He'll, he'll be fine. He's 23. Yeah. You know, it's like we talk about these guys, oh, Jordan Poole, blah, you know, Zion, John Morant. These dudes, like, they're the age of like people getting out of college, yeah. like 
Jason Tatum's what, 26, 20, like 26 to 30 range is where they're hitting their prime these days. They got three or four years where they're even like really getting it and it's clicking. So like even Jordan Poole, I'm not worried. Like he he's, guess what? Shooting's pretty valuable in the league. And what do you know? <laughs> He's a really good shooter, you know? He's just got to learn how to be consistent with it and then maybe, I don't know, play some defense, but that's about it. That's but it. keep the mustache. He has to keep the little mustache. He has to. It looks good. I wish him. he'd grow his hair out like he did fresh, like I say freshman year, his uh, rookie season. He had some sick hair. You see, you have the perspective on that. And I get, I get in full blown arguments with people. And I don't argue very much, but the only thing that ever gets me arguing with people is the, the not understanding that these guys are children. Like, yep, listen. It, it, and you know this, you're, and not until you're 26 is that is this getting fully fused by your by most males at the time. So they're just making crazy decisions at all times. No con, like no, not really grasping that there's serious consequences involved in these things. And you're giving them millions of dollars. And I'm like, why are you treating these people as if they were 50 year old men that have lived their lives at this point? I was like. This 21, 22, 23. Like, I don't understand. So I'm glad you have that perspective of it because yeah. it's just like, man. Yeah. And that's one of the, honestly, one of the ways like I pick players to like hold a little longer is because I, I, I completely agree. Like they're young. I'm like, yeah, it's all about situation. We know that, you know, they got to be in the right situation, no matter the player. But then the other thing I really look at is how do people talk about their work ethic? Cause I think that's one thing, like I, I was always pretty hard worker, but I didn't get it. Like I didn't get that. It's, it's compounding. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you can do it and it feels linear, but then after five or 10 years, you get so much better at it. Cause it starts going up, you know? And so I always listen behind the scenes of like, what does their work ethic look like? And Again, I'm sorry. I keep talking about Jordan Poole. It's not a Jordan Poole podcast unless you guys give me the word and then say less, fam. Let's do it. But you like, talk to Loop about this, sponsored yeah, by Jordan hey, Poole, guys. <laughs> I think there's Dude, an untapped market. Be cool. Be cool. Pool to be cool. And we got the name right there. Uh, Pool is cool. Uh, pool fanatics. Uh, fanatics pool. Doesn't matter. Okay. So um, one of the things you always hear from people, I think even Clay said it. Uh, a lot of dudes of the Warriors organization said like Steph Curry is by far the hardest working player on the team. You know what I mean? His routine is legendary. They say Jordan Poole was second, like really? every time. And the other guy that they say a lot, and I, I like him because he's an Arkansas guy, Moses Moody. Like mm. his attitude, they say he's got the maturity of like a vet, even though he was like a rookie. And his like work ethic, like he wasn't playing at all last year until the playoffs. And he still worked, you know, like the work ethic of these kids, because I think like it's easy for them to get in their heads. Like when Kaminga's upset because he's not playing, yeah, he's 20. He's 20. Yeah, 20. 20 like think yeah. of what you were doing at 20 like i was a pretty good smart kid i was dumb like even yeah. as a good one yeah. i was dumb and so i can't imagine being on the stage you're on you know the passion for doing well helping your team and then like stuff gets thrown at you you don't get it. like i i don't know i just think we 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 forget that a lot and we throw yeah. these guys away when i'm like like dante exum he's having Ugh. a resurgent yeah he was in wiggins draft you know what i mean like and we act like oh yeah he's like pushing 50 you know what i mean like yeah. Look, I mean, look at Halliburton. Halliburton, all of a sudden, four years in the league, all of a sudden he's a superstar. But it took yes. that, those four years of trying to understand how this works and what yep. where he fits and what he needs to do and all his and work ethic to catch up. Yeah. It, it, it's a situation. He got to a new team. The team decided, let's build around this guy. Like, it mm -hmm. wasn't going to work in Sacramento because you had Fox and it was competing styles of play. And so it's like putting him in the right situation. And again, a bad situation. Again, go Wizards, but also... They're trying to lose. Yeah. They are trying to lose right now. We're like, oh, they can't win a game. They're trying to lose games. They are unofficially tanking. <laughs> it's not like they'll pull their player starters out if they start getting too close to winning. Like they beat the Pistons, who are also trying to lose. It's yeah. only did you see that stat between the Pistons, the Spurs, and the Wizards? Mm -hmm. The last Three 49 wins? games, there's yeah. one win. Oh, one win. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I knew and it was, it was like... when the Wizards beat the Pistons. Yeah. People are asking me that all the time. They're like, man. You got Cade, you got the Thompson twin who's really good. You got all these other guys. And I was like, they're not trying to win, guys. I was like, you think Popovich can't figure out a way to win more games with Victor Wimbanyama? Of course he can figure it out. Yep. He doesn't care. No, he they're trying to... to build Sohan as a point guard, and they're trying to let yeah. him make all the mistakes. Yeah, I was like, they don't care. He's got a contract for the next 10 years. He will figure it out in the next two or three. Like, it yep. just, it's crazy to me. And people were just like, oh, they, they suck. And you're like, no, yeah. no one sucks. They're all in the yeah. NBA. They're, they're very all good very at good. <laughs> Gosh, that's fun. <laughs>
Why can't everybody just listen to us? We're always so correct. We're so smart. I mean, we should just own a team. It's just like <laughs> how, how do we do that? Do we just walk in and say, give me the team now? Or Yeah, yeah. well, we're going to toss in a couple bill each. Um, So yeah. get those temporary checks ready because we're going to have to pay for this thing. Yeah, but after that, it's all us. And I vote we start at Little Rock. Do you, do you accept <laughs> Jordan Poole rookie cards? Because I think then we'll be okay. Yeah. Hey, if he makes finals MVP seven or eight times, I, I can probably go in on a small like minority ownership. Of a, uh, of a team <laughs> oh man this has been a blast Tyler. I, I really appreciate you hopping on this has been too much this, fun but um yeah, this has been great i guess before we we let you go where can people go if they want to keep up with your journey oh i pre thank you so much for asking uh yeah tarver cards on everything that's it just you know search tarver cards t-a-r-v-e-r -E v is in vampire there you go what it's worth, Instagram is pretty fantastic. I think you have a great Instagram presence, so definitely Thanks, check man. that out. It's actually, of all of them, it's my worst. Uh, so I say that Facebook, it just auto posts there. So Facebook's technically oh, okay. my worst, but I spend less than zero time there. Um, but it's like, uh, but Instagram has my lowest amount of uh, like followers or, or interactions, but I appreciate that. So yes, it's please go to the to Instagram. Know. Good to know. Yeah. Awesome. This, is, well, this has been great, man. I appreciate the conversation. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you very soon. I appreciate it. Appreciate y'all. Thank y'all.